What's going on, Military Cash Flow family? So it's been a little while. We've been out. We've, we've been out of it for a little while, man. We're doing some other <laughs> things. I mean, what's going on with you, Mike? Yeah, it has been a while, man. It has been a while. So the newest thing, I think I, I mentioned it last time we've been doing the Ironman training, but it's really ramped up. Like I'm now I'm doing the two a days, the 30 mile bike ride in the morning, the 1200 uh, meter swim in the evening. And I'm tired. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like when you first came on, because if you guys don't know, I haven't like we haven't done a, a Zoom in, I don't know what, like a month and a half or something like that. Maybe, yeah, maybe I think maybe like two that. months. Yeah. yeah maybe even longer than that. You look slimmer. <laughs> I see, it, I see it here, here in the neck, man. Because I'm wasting away, bro. I can't, I can't put enough calories in my body. But I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it, you know, to the point where it's challenging. But yeah, man, it's just fatiguing, man. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to that. After the, after, right after the Ironman is actually the half marathon too. So I got two kind of in, endurance events up and then. After that, man, I'm grubbing down, brother. I'm grubbing down. I got to figure my shit out, right? Hey, uh, but yeah, man. Bucket, that was a bucket list item for you, though, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. I wanted to start pushing myself. Uh, yeah, for the audience who doesn't know, um, earlier this year, I had um, a lot of things going on, right? So I'm no longer doing lending. There's a lot of things I kind of put on the back burner because I had to focus on myself. I had to get myself right. And so the bucket list aspect of the Ironman was always kind of on the list. But then it also checked something as far as like, uh, mental health, right. And being able to, to work through those challenges and just for, just for overall, you know, just my attitude and everything else. So, and all of that's working so far. So it's a good thing. Uh, and I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what happens so far. I'm enjoying it. And hell, I might become one of those dudes that does, you know, 10 half iron mans in his life or something <laughs> like that. So we'll see, man, but what's going on with you, man. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Uh, Nothing much, man. I've just been really enjoying life, man. I'm still doing a lot of reflecting, trying to figure out what my next move is. So for, I mean, I know what my next move is, but I, I know I'm going to have um, an opportunity to kind of pursue some other things. So for those of you who don't know, I'm going to uh, go into grad. So for the next, I'm going to grad school, excuse me, for the next two years on the military's dime. They have this um, ACS program. So um Army Civil Schooling Program, where basically they'll continue to pay you for uh, two years at, at you know my regular rank, right? Um, and my sole focus is just to go to school. So I'm going to be going to school for two years, and I'm going to be focusing um, my well, what I'm getting my I'm getting my MBA, excuse me, getting my MBA with a concentration in uh, wealth management. So I'm really really excited about it. But I also know that you know I mean I've been in college before. And, you know, you got some free time, you know, it's not as, it's not as, um, as I don't know, it's not as rigorous as the regular day-to-day -day grind, right? So I'm looking forward to that. And I realize there's an opportunity there where, where I might be able to focus on some of my other passions, right? So I'm trying to kind of figure what that is for me um, and, and what, what kind of lane I want to go down with it, if that makes sense. Um, definitely going to spend a lot more time with, with uh, the family. Um, going up to North Carolina, really, really, you know, just looking forward to that, but also just trying to figure out what, what, um, what I really want to do in that, those, those free time moments, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, starting to clear right now, clearing Fort Stewart and uh, we'll be moving at the end of this month. So pretty, pretty excited about it, man, going on leave. And yeah, that's pretty much it. It's going to be good, man. Cause you and me will actually be close finally, right. Cause yeah. we've been States apart for this for years now, but We'll be close. So hopefully a lot more hmm. content, guys, of us in person, maybe like a campfire style or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Somebody but, out. you know, uh, the figuring out the figuring out like what the hell we're doing. That's a common thread. And today's guest just put another bug in my ear, man. Uh, Mike Balboa is covering a lot of stuff when he's talking about specifically the how he just acquired a five million dollar business that he immediately gets to take a hundred thousand dollar salary out a year. <laughs> it's like, man, he makes more than <laughs> he makes more than some people and he owns the company. It's like, what the hell? Um, it's a great story though. It's a great story with a lot of nuggets where I actually learned some stuff um, just within that short amount of time. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can hear it in Mike's voice, man. He talks about his country boy from New Jersey, uh, but he's he's really fired up, man. Just like background. He's, he came from Wall Street, then joined uh, joined group. 
and um, he built a very large real estate portfolio, wrote a book. He's just all over the place, like all over the place in a good way, right? So, um, and, and he just tells a story with so much passion, enthusiasm, and he drops a lot of nuggets, um, especially into the SBA. Now, he has an extensive real estate portfolio, but we really wanted to really focus on the SBA portion and the business acquisition side of it, because that's not, not something that we often talk. And I know that uh, a lot of you guys out there listening would love to know more about uh, how that works and the intricacies of um, starting a business or, or you know, evaluating a business uh, in that whole process. So um, without further ado, let's get into that episode. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glasby, and this is the Military Cashflow Podcast where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, military cash flow family? Today, we got Mike Balboa. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Really appreciate it. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing in the real estate space? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me, guys. It's been great to finally connect. Uh, yeah, a little bit about me right now. Uh, currently, what I'm doing is I uh, just wrote a book, Break Rank, Make Bank. I think we're going to talk about it maybe a little bit today, but inside it's got my journey from where I started. But uh, today we're kind of focusing on bigger things. Um, I'm still doing real estate, but I'm also getting into the uh, business space. We're about five days away from closing on a large commercial roofing company out here. Uh, that's why I moved to North Carolina. But prior to that, uh, about two minutes before I got in this call, actually, I just signed the closing documents for this uh, house I just flipped in Florida. So I've got a bunch of different irons in the fire. Yeah, it's just a, it's a fun time to get all this stuff going. That's Hell awesome, yeah, man. you said in Florida. So where, where do you stay now? Like, where are you located at now? Yeah, I'm in North Carolina now, but, you know, in the community, we got a lot of friends all over the places. So I was able to pick something up from a buddy down in Destin and uh, the property's down in Pensacola. So we uh, had my dad go down there, do his own deployment. He was the GC. And then I think it was about two months to the day uh, we were able to knock it out and got it on contract two, three days after we listed it. Yeah, man, I'm hearing it's like real hot down there in the panhandle, like as far as real estate goes, obviously weather yeah, too, yeah. but you know, like real Very estate. Hot. Yeah. It's hot down there. Yeah, I came and helped him for like a week or two and I was sweating, you know, North Carolina's <laughs> hot, but it's even hotter down there. But I was getting a little nervous because I was like, man, we got to get this house done. These interest rates are coming up. So I was very hesitant about like how it was going to go with like the amount of traffic we were going to have with this thing. But we did a really good job. I think that helped. And then uh, I think within the first 48 hours, we had uh three offers and then you know that right until the last minute right now uh we ended up having like six offers so in the first like three days six written offers nice man hey we're gonna we i definitely want to get back to that and touch more into that about like where you're dipping dipping and dabbling at but i want to get yeah. the story here man who okay, is Mike, yeah. so Mike uh, Balboa and where did you start at like where, where are all the story yeah so yeah, uh i grew up in a small farm town in new jersey believe it or not they have those out there and uh there was like 1600 people in my town sometimes you know, you'd see people riding tractors around. Um, and when it came time for me to graduate high school and go to college, I asked my parents, I was like, hey, how much money do you have for me to go to school, trying to figure out where I'm going to go? And they just started laughing. They're like, we don't have any money for you to go to school. What do you mean? And um, they had been working, you know, a few jobs between the both of them, put me and my sister through like a Christian high school. So that's where all the money went. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do for college? Like, I don't have any money. And they're like, you can take loans out or you can join the military. And honestly, up until that point, I never even considered joining the military. It was just wasn't on my radar. So I looked into it. Uh, I went and spoke with a recruiter and uh, he's like, yeah, man, you can go do cool stuff, jump out of airplanes and shoot guns and you get free college. I was like, well, that sounds like exactly what I want to do. So <laughs> I ended up joining the military and like five days after graduating high school, I was off to basic training. And um, the cool thing about my mom is she's really big on having her kids read. So instilled in our youth was like a hard work ethic and reading a lot of books. So when it came time to my first deployment uh, in Afghanistan, I think I read like 75 books uh, throughout the course. Somebody sent me a Kindle and you know how it goes over there. Like either, you know, when it's hot, it's hot. When it's not, it's really not. So I was just yeah. trying to be more productive with my time instead of playing video games. I mean, you can only work out so much a day. So I ended up just crushing these books because like, man, I'm making, you know, good money as a 19 year old, right? Making that deployment pay. I was like, I want to be smart with it when I get back. So I uh, ended up reading a lot about real estate. And when I got back, I ended up uh, buying my first property was a duplex with the VA loan. 
And uh, that home, I only had to come up with 620 bucks out of pocket. What year is this? Was, this was uh, this was 2016, February. Okay. I'm sorry, September 2016. Okay. So after I got back, yeah, um, I only had to pay like 600 bucks, like the appraisal cost, basically, because we couldn't wrap it in the loan because uh, we were already going over asking what the other fees. So I got that, and that first property, I was cash flowing. It was a college campus rental. I was cash flowing like just under 1,700 bucks a month. And uh, I got that first paycheck from my neighbor. And I was like, I didn't do anything for this money. Uh, I think I'm on something here. <laughs> so I got the bug and I was adamant about just keep my foot on the gas. So no matter what happened, I was just going to keep trying to buy more and more properties. And, um, you know, like the first guy, whenever you first get into real estate or weightlifting or whatever, you're the expert. You want to tell everyone about it. You know, you're on fire. And that's cool. But a lot of people peter out but I just wasn't the kind of guy to peter out. Like I was literally at one point scrapping uh, metal for gas money just cause I was trying to put everything I had in like these deals. So just over the time of being consistent, uh, my initial goal was to get to like 50 K and rental income in five years is what I said. I was like, well, it seems like I could do that. But I ended up working out that I ended up doing like hundred K in five years. So that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, that first deal was 2016. It's uh, 2022 now. And, um, you know, we were going to do more deals, but we switched the, you know, we switched the script over here to business, um, which I was looking for a faster way to make money. I was like, man, real estate's good, but you always got to save up, you know, like it takes forever. So with the business, I found out similar to the VA, they have uh, low money down loans. They even have VA, SBA loans. So uh, I think there's like a dollar amount, maybe it's like 350 or less or something like that, that you can get in with no money down for a business. Um, but we ended up going bigger. Um I watched that TV show, Undercover Billionaire. You ever hear that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Grant Cardone. A, well, they got yeah, Grant Cardone. They, they got a couple of them. Like, there's a couple of different like billionaires that that do it. I, I recently I watched the whole series. Watched the whole yeah. series in like one day. I was like, yeah. this is probably the coolest thing I've ever seen. So I was feeling inspired by that, and I was like, all right, my my goal for this year is I'm going to give myself 90 days to buy a business for a million dollars or start one uh, and have a million dollar valuation like they did. I was like, all you got to do is be able to read and you can do anything in life. So it can't be rocket science. Um, so anyway, just the way things worked out, uh, I ended up buying this business for 5 million. So I ended up being a 5X of uh, what my initial goal was. So the thing we're learning now though, is the process for buying businesses is much longer. Like we were under contract for a little over six months now. Whew. Yeah, it's a process. Yep, it sure is. <laughs> I, I kind of want to dig into that too. I mean, unless you got another question, Mike, I kind of want to dig into that as far as like what that looks like. Cause I don't think we've, I think we might've had one other person kind of scratch the surface about like SBA loans and how that works with, um, with getting a business um, um, like government assisted, if you will. Right. So I'd love to, I'd love to deep dive into that unless you, unless you got another question, Mike. No, the only question I have, I just want to clarify, you said you bought the business for 5 million, right? So $5 million is the purchase price with SBA. Correct. Uh, we had to come up with 10% of that. So I think right. overall it's like 536 is what it works out to. That's awesome. And then what kind of business is it? So it's a uh, commercial roofing business. Nice. And uh, that's one of the interesting things was around this time last year, I was uh, starting to pay more in my professional education. I realized like you can only spend so much time in a day reading or listening to books. Like you got to find better mentors. And I didn't have anyone in my circle. So I ended up buying like a, a business buying course, actually, if it was like 500 bucks. And I was like, you know, even if it's a waste of money, I'm sure I'm going to pick up a gold nugget or two. And believe it or not, like I, I didn't really learn that much from that business buying course. Um, I still rec recommend it for people who haven't any experience, but it matched everything. It was basically a ripoff of the book, Buy Then Build. Someone basically just repitched it like all these content people do. And um, the cool thing about it, though, was like it just verified a lot of the assumptions I had in mind. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's where it got started from there. And then next thing you know, I was wanting to find service based businesses because the goal is you want to find something that's already cash flowing. So day one, you're making money and then you want to find something that has as little risk for your potential reward as possible. So for these service based businesses, a lot of times it's older guys or older females or whoever that have uh, the dogs jumping up in the back uh, have like these businesses that don't have high tech. They don't have good processes and systems in place. And I was like, my goal is to find something that I can just maintain the status quo and then boost it with systems, processes, and people and tech. And that's exactly what we found. This website we're buying 
doesn't even have a website. They spend $0 in advertising and they're making a lot of money. So this was perfect. And my partner at the time, uh, my partner now, who at the time, um, he's also a group guy. He was looking for the same thing. So we just ended up connecting on Facebook. And um, one of the things I tell everybody is like, hey, man, when you're trying to get something done, just let people know what it is you're up to. You never know where it's going to turn you. And he was looking for the same exact criteria as I was. So we had that phone call on a Wednesday and a Friday we became partners. And two weeks later, I flew out from Colorado to North Carolina to see it. And then I think like a month after that, I moved out here. <laughs> Things started like going pretty quickly, but then, you know, the hurry up and wait, the process, man, huge learning curve, but it's taken a long time. Was your thought process about buying a commercial roofing company uh, in line with you wanting to kind of vertically integrate uh, real estate as a whole? Was that yeah, kind of your man. thought process? Yep, that's it. You know, right now it's just big commercial jobs. There's no residential. There's nothing, you know, small about it. Um, but the thing is, we're going to apply this model and overlay it on other businesses. So complementary services, you can have a full service construction firm, and now you can get into new development or get better deals on properties for rehab and stuff. Cause you just take off your construction hat and you go put on your plumber hat or you put on your realtor hat. Like you basically can just with enough people own the entire thing. And that's kind of the trajectory we're heading towards. Yeah, so that's a super key component right there, like especially as you begin to vertically integrate, right? Um, and, and I'm just like you said, the in-state is buy more real estate with this business. And side note, I really like that, you know, um, that, that you chose a business to help vertically inter- integrate to then buy more real estate. But um, the, the people aspect, right? Uh, how are you? Because I mean, I'm assuming you said the farm boy from New Jersey, right? Uh, how I'm sure you don't have much experience with roofing and I'm assuming your, your partner might not either. So how are you yeah. leveraging the people? And like, I would assume that would be the biggest risk or the biggest um, concern sure. someone would have by going into something like that. How did you mitigate that? And uh, what are you doing there? See, and that's, what's funny about the officer talk versus the enlisted talk, because he's an officer, I'm the NCO and we're looking at things obviously the same, but you see his priority is always with <clears throat> mitigating of the risk. And I just, you know, it's funny how you bring it up too, but yeah, exactly to your point, we don't know anything about roofing. Couldn't tell you a darn thing. Right. But what do we do when we go on deployments? We do left seat, right seat. And it's the same thing with businesses. So number one, oftentimes when you're buying a larger business, that's more complicated, you have a certain stay on period from the sellers. So for us, for example, we're going to work with them day in, day out for the first three months, and then we're going to have them on call for like a year and a half. And then aside from that, it's already a pretty fortified business. They have a platoon size of employees. So they're the experts. We're not going to have to get up and do the roofing. Obviously, if it needs to be done, like worst case scenario, that's an emergency. Like we'll go get hands dirty up there. I had to get my general contractor's license. So similar to like getting your real estate license with like the PSI, I had to walk in there with a big suitcase full of books. I think there's like 32 books and the test is like five and a half hours long. So we bought the prep course. It was like $3,000. They basically guarantee you to pass. And uh, it doesn't tell you your score at the end. I was like, man, I spent five hours and 28 minutes in here. I want to know how good I did, but it was just like pass or fail. Um, So aside from that, the main way to mitigate this risk is you make these uh, agreements or these covenants with key employees. So that's, one of the harder things with lean operating businesses is a few guys might wear multiple hats. And if one of them goes, you might need to hire in two or three people. So that was actually a interesting um, negotiation scenario that we had to come with because there was one key employee who he was asking for the moon and stars in the beginning. And he thought he had much more leverage than he did, but obviously with good negotiating, like, you maintain your cards close to your chest. You don't show them right away. So once we let them know that basically we could replace him if we wanted to, and there would be no loss, he started playing ball. So the biggest way to recap that we did that was agreements with the key employees, you know, making sure we invested in a relationship with the sellers to learn. And then we're the kind of guys that will pay for knowledge. So if there's something that we don't know, we're going to go find someone that does pay him for his time and we're going to do it right the first time. I mean, I love it. You said left seat, right seat. You're saying, you know, um, letting the experts do their things. You mentioned the different, the like the uh, 
I guess, synergy between the officer and enlisted side. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of a lot of your military experience you're able to use towards acquiring a business as well. And it seems like there's a lot, uh, a lot of synergy there. And what's really funny is you don't realize it in the military. And this is what I've been trying to tell my guys is like all of these lessons that you learn, I mean, specifically within combat arms, but I'm sure even without, I mean, the military's largest business that there is. So they didn't just get into this finely tuned machine by figuring it out as they go. The stuff that they have developed is on purpose because it works. So the, the, the funniest thing that happened for us when we were initially meeting these key employees, we're like, Hey man, like if you feel comfortable, like, let us know, like, what is something you want to see? changed around here what is what is maybe an issue or a critique that you could have with a solution for and the funniest thing was like all across the board they all said there's a communication issue it seems that last minute they just tell us hey here's the job like figure it out he's like if there was a way that they could just tell us like what was going to go on like what we should do to prepare for it and then like kind of how it's going to go me, me and my partner just look at each other, like oh like an op order you could just mm-hmm. little five paragraph get get them up and going and just as simple as that, you know, or the troop leading procedures or even a duty roster for manning personnel, like it's all, if you just took a second to step back and realize how you could apply it elsewhere, you know, there's a lot of value and utility in this stuff. I'm so glad you said that, man, because, you know, it takes multiple uh, people expressing the same message for people to really comprehend it. And the military is a business and it's a beautiful organization when you really look at the complexity that and how much they've grown, how they procure more funds and how they, you know, hire consultants for communication issues and all these other things. This is a massive enterprise and every skill set that we develop while we're in is absolutely transferable. We just have to know how to translate that and let them know, hey, this this in military terms means this in the civilian world. But I got a question for you, man. So. Now I'm trying to figure out, you got this massive real estate portfolio, right? It, it's, it's substantial over here. And you just brought on this company over here that you're now operating with the business partner. What, what does the day-to-day look like for you guys at the top? And then who's kind of managing that next level of responsibility for you guys on both sides of the house? Yeah, so, so actually I got a lot of irons in the fire. So I got the real estate stuff going on. I got this roofing business that we're uh, about to close on. So we haven't started operationally yet, but that should be next okay. week. And then other than that, in the meantime, right, it was six months to close on this thing. My partner and I started an investment firm. So now we focus on like hundred plus unit multifamilies, luxury vacation rentals, and then small businesses as well. So we can put in owner operators and partner alongside with them as like the equity piece. So we got that now with like this book stuff. It's just like, I have to be so routinized with my day and just really, it forces you with having a lot on your plate to delegate. And that's one of the biggest yep. things I learned is like start trying to make, you know, content for Instagram. I'm like, all right, this is not a good use of my time whatsoever. Like you pay whatever it's worth, you know, and finding the right consultants and stuff of people to talk to that know how to do things the best ways. That's where all the money is worth because, you know, that's what we learned as well in the closing of the business. For example, we went through three different attorneys uh, going through this closing we had to fire three of them to get to the fourth one who was a full service like construction attorney firm. But the beautiful thing about it is, yeah, they're charging you more, but there's more eyeballs on your documents. So you're going to have more experience to weigh in and it's going to save you money and time in the end because you have all those experiences, all that professionalism, just all those bodies being able to put effort into your stuff. So that's the main thing is just being able to just, hey, who can I use to take care of this and just find that person and plug and play as many as you can. And then just having like a scorecard almost of like, all right, Hey, here's what I'm a big whiteboard guy. So I have a big whiteboard and I'm just like, Hey, here's all the different irons I have in the fire. Here's what I need to worry about tomorrow. Here's kind of like a next week thing. And then here's like on the radar. So if something pops up, I can tap into it quicker. That sounds like a staff. So, I sound like a, yeah, a exactly. staff there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, man, the, the similarities are amazing. So kind of uh, to, to summarize that, are you guys acting in the role of like executive C-suite level operators? Yeah, currently? so that's what we're going to okay. do as we initially turn on, like um, obviously we're going to mimic whatever the sellers are currently doing. But then Correct. as we get into our battle rhythm, 
we're, we have the intent of growing this thing significantly. So we're going to add in about three to four different divisions within this company and grow it. And at that point, yeah, it's more of like the strategic level of, hey, who can we find now to be the middle managers? And then who are we going to have, you know, to maybe even just acquire a business and make it its own division. Yep. And now we'll have a manager over them, you know, and that kind of a thing. Very similar to like the military hierarchy. Yep. That's awesome. I love man. it. I love it. And the, yeah, the reason I was asking that is because a lot of people, I mean, I, First off, I love the idea of acquiring businesses. I, I am a fanatic for that. Um, but there is a large time commitment with that. And so it's just, you know, making sure the audience understands that it is going to be, you know, boots on ground for the first however many months until you feel like it's operating at a level where you can then hire in um, an executive now. And if you're buying a fully established company with a CEO already in place, that's a different story, right? But for the most part, when we're buying small operations, that's going to be it. And that's the one advantage I would say for a lot of people to consider is like, you know, you never, never forget about the real estate, right? That's the true driver of wealth. So all the money you make from business, right? You just keep piling it on a real estate because if anything ever goes wrong with the business, you got that safety net of your real estate. But the nice thing that we learned in this process was the bigger your portfolio is, the less risk you are as a lender or as a borrower to the lender. So it's nice that, you know, hey, you have X amount of net worth based on your properties because the bank will then collateralize those assets to make them feel safer about your investment. The other thing is you want to buy businesses that do have real estate because that gives you better amortization terms with the loan. So if you're just buying something that's leasing a property or it's just an online thing, like you may only have three to five year amortization terms as opposed to say 15 year. And that significantly impacts your cash flow because of your debt payment. But the third benefit is that if you have real estate, you have cash flow. So for me, I haven't been doing anything this year. I've just been living off my rental income for the past six months and I'm doing total, living my life totally fine. I'm not hurting for the money because it's already established. So same thing, if you are looking to make the pivot, just make sure you have a good enough level of whatever financial buffer that you need. Say, okay, hey, if this is supposed to take three months, but it takes six months, are you gonna you know, be able to survive that? And then same thing, you get into the business, you try to grow it. If you're finding a hard time growing the business where you need to take loans out to pay the employees or for the operation, at least you still have rental income coming in. So it's pretty much the best safety net that there is. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www dot military cash flow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to military cash flow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the military cash flow Facebook group where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our military cash flow real estate investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one -on -one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools. And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yeah, so, so I want to give the audience some, um, some like actionable steps, right? People, people are watching this and we're, we're trying to figure out, all right, you know, I want to be a small business owner as well. I want to kind of take some of these steps. All right. One, what should I even be looking for um, as a business owner? What kind of business should I be looking to acquire? Like how do you do? You can use your own yourself as an example, right? Um, what does the process look like? And then how do I, how do I get the funding, i.e. SBA involved in that as well? So here's my, uh, I haven't really developed a concept for this yet, yeah. but here's my thought pattern for how any military person could quickly find themselves making a lot of cash flow. So you want to start out with your VA loan. It's a free benefit. Why not? Hmm. Yourself into a multifamily property. So the more expensive, the better, because now you'll have more equity being paid down, hopefully higher cash flow. So if you have like a three or four unit property that you can get at the top of your range that meets your investment criteria, awesome. 
then the next year or you know however long it takes to satisfy that lender's comfortability with you use your navy federal home buyer's choice loan it's another no money down loan for veterans and you can use that to make an airbnb so say you live in somewhere with a great duty station like i don't know fort eglin or destin or nashville or somewhere where there's a lot of tourism you can use a no money down home to get an airbnb property now you just take a credit card out zero percent interest furnish that sucker and then look those two properties combined for your cash flow now your three comes around and you have your va sba express loan you can use this for a mixed commercial use property so if you have one of those stores with like a storefront that has like two to three or four attached apartment units you could put a small business in there and say, hey, I want to do, you know, mini PO boxes and create my own shipping company. And that could be within the storefront, but you have these other additional uh, rental units attached to property. So day one, hopefully the property is cash flowing from the rental units or it's at least breaking even. Now, whatever business you put in in that front store area can make you the more money. And then once you get off from that, now you can get into... Uh, what I like to call like the boring business, small business acquisition. So basically anything $5 million or less, the SBA will let you do 10% down financing. But a big caveat is compared to real estate, there is a majority of small business sellers that will do seller financing. So I have a buddy that just bought a car dealership for $1.3 million with no money out of his pocket. He did traditional financing where the bank carried 75% of the note but the seller was willing to carry 25%. So again, it's how creative you're going to get with the terms for the seller financing, but it's, it's almost cheaper to get into a business uh, than it is in real estate, aside from your benefits, right? Which you can learn about, you know, uh, through my book and stuff, but for the businesses, man, it's a real driver of wealth. And today I think there's something like 10,000 baby boomers that are retiring every day. So there's never been a better time to get into something like a, a car wash, a plumbing company, Something that's already operational, so you don't have to come in and buy a job. You buy the business. So right. something where it's mostly semi-passive. You know, for us, like the sellers really aren't doing a whole lot each day, to be honest. They're just checking on, you know, the projects going on or they're, you know, overseeing the bid process. That's really it. I mean, yeah, it's involved. They need to make key decisions. But, you know, they're going on hunting trips almost like a week every month or something crazy, right? So that's what you want to find, something that you can hire in an operator and boost it at the same time. So it's still going to make you good cash flow. What experience level are these? Like, I mean, you're getting, you're getting the SBA loan. Is it the only requirement? Literally 10%. I mean, you're, you're, I'm assuming you're going on with a business plan. You got to have some kind of, you know, or, or is it literally that easy? What you're, what you're uh, saying? I don't, I don't think I've said it was easy yet to go with the SBA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bear. Like if you think the VA is bad trying to buy a house, just imagine that on steroids. So give us, give us an example of what that process is, what, what that like, uh, I'm talking so, about like just you know you don't got to be going to super detail but you know what does that process look like? I will say show? that I will say this: uh, it's worth your time to work with a business broker that has a lot of experience and connections. So again, what, like we talked about earlier, paying people for what they know, a business broker and a lending broker is going to help you a lot if you're not already familiar in this space. So that was what we did. We found a business broker that's going to show us their listings. And different than real estate, these business brokers are the ones valuing the business. They're listing it for the seller. And it's not like the MLS where everyone's selling the same deals. They have their own, each broker has their own specific deal. And once you work with them, they already are going to know how to value the business, how to speak the language and cover down on anything that you don't know. So now when you're working with your lending broker, you're going to be on conference calls all the time. So the lending broker is already going to have relationships with lenders. And he's going to say, hey, these banks will lend for this type of industry. These banks won't. Let's go for this because of this arrangement. So for us, what we found out for the lending was, yeah, there's a few really big name banks that will do SBA loans. But with a business that's, you know, say like construction based or something like that, like you want to gravitate towards someone that's familiar with, hey, the work in progress changes constantly. Like it's not black and white. Um, so that's the big thing for getting to the lender. Then once you get to the lender, I'm currently working on a product now that'll be available on my website, but it's basically a big SBA checklist of like everything you need to have. You got to have your house in order. And then you also have to have the business in order. So 
you know, your credit score, <laughs> have good stories for your arrest records. You know, you got to have like they get in there deep. They'll find stuff the army never found. I don't know how, but they get in there. Um, they want to they want everything in your life. So a thing I learned, too, was, you know, don't show all your cards, because if you give them your whole entire portfolio with the SBA, they collateralize those assets. So for the six first six months post close, uh, you have to submit like debt service requests to be able to refinance or sell or do anything with those properties. So for me, I had a big shift I was going to do. I was going to sell a bunch of my properties and, you know, shift my niche down to North Carolina. But now for the first six months, I'm probably not going to do that. So it's going to slow my cash flow growth in the real estate, but it's worth it for obviously the benefits from this company. Um, aside from that, it's just like a lot, just a lot of back and forth with what does the lender want from you? They want a business plan. They're going to want to see the current way the business operates. So you'll get an executive summary from that listing agent. And then a lot of times you just send that listing summary with like your bio and a resume and uh, your plan for the business. And it doesn't really matter. You just want to show that, hey, it's going to keep doing what it's doing. But you also want to write about how it's going to grow. Um, because once they close the business, like you do whatever you want to it, as long as you can satisfy the note payment, like it's your world. Um, let's see, what else? An attorney, having a good attorney is, uh, man, they're worth their weight. Uh, any good man. attorney is definitely worth their weight for sure. <laughs> so so I got I got a few questions, man. You just, you just dropping bombs, bro. Dropping <laughs> them all over. So real quick, I, I just want to be real brief on this because I'd, I'd rather us focus on the business aspect. Sure. But explain to me, I, so I've never heard of this. As long as I've been doing it, the Navy Federal Home Buyer's Choice Loan, so is Navy that Federal available to yeah, it's yeah. a specific loan from Navy Federal for active service members or veterans. Um, you know, I was in the Guard when I used mine. So I, I think as long as you have some active service, I'll have to brush up on that one. But it's on their website. Uh, they actually have, I think, two separate loans just like that. The only difference between them and the VA is with the Navy Federal Home Buyer's Choice Loan, it's only for a single family. You can't do multifamily. And oftentimes uh, their interest rate is a little bit higher. So um, but you can have a VA and a Navy Federal simultaneously. And you could do um, multiple VAs simultaneously as well. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm tracking the multiple VA piece. Um, so what we run into on the VA side typically is they'll allow you to do multiple as long as you can afford it. However, they won't allow you to buy multiple within a six to 12 month frame. They're going to require you to season it. So if you're if we're able to buy a VA, let's say today, the, my question, I'll dig into it, but if can we use the Navy federal loan three months later, six months later, are they still going to have that that stipulation? But I, I'll, I'll dig into that for sure. Yeah, from my, from my understanding, because, uh, yeah, from my understanding, I don't think their Navy federal has a requirement if you just made a previous purchase. It's it's as you can qualify, qualify as a borrower. Um, another thing with them was they're more, way more forgiving in the condition of the house. So you can buy a property to flip with this as well. Obviously you want to say your intention is to live in it as a primary occupancy right. for a year. Same thing with the VA loan. I think everyone knows the dog and pony show with that, but you can flip homes with this, no money down, or you could, my advice is get something that you can make an Airbnb with. And with that money you save yep. from your down payment, just furnish the sucker. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I wanted to, I'm definitely going to look into that one. And then, uh, all right, so you said it was the VA SBA express loan yes. that can be used for mixed use property. Is well, that you, correct? Can use, you can use SBA for mixed use property. You can use VA, but I know a fact is the VA express loan is up to 350,000, no money down. So you'll have to get into more, the business is a little bit more complicated than the real estate stuff to find out like exactly what you'll qualify for up to what limits for no money down. Um, you know, especially if you can get seller financing. But a nice thing for veterans is no matter what, when you use an SBA loan, like especially a 7A, because they have different uh, types of these loans, they waive a lot of fees for veterans. So that's a big help. And another thing is like franchises. If you ever look at buying a franchise, oftentimes you might save like 20% on franchise fees because they value that military leadership. Wow. Yeah, this, this whole business world, man, it's a big realm. You know, it's an exciting, uh, it's an exciting time to be of service and be, you know, ready to go make some business moves. So uh, let me ask you this then. So it's it's something like I said, I've, I've been thinking about it. I've been considering it for a while, but I always thought it was a cash heavy um, venture, right? And so now you're you're blowing that that thought process out of the water. 
Um, now, as far as obviously it depends on when the company comes profitable, but what are your general expectations or tips or advice for when you can actually start to take a salary from owning and operating a business? Yeah. So that's why we pick these types of businesses. I'm giving myself a hundred thousand dollar year salary the day I take over the business. And then we're going to have uh, the profit distribution to take part yeah. in as well. So that's the thing is you want to see the numbers, just like you analyze a deal in real estate. There's just a few different uh, items on the, the P&L that you're going to have to learn about. But really, you want to buy something that you're getting paid day one. It doesn't have to be, you know, $100,000, a million dollars, but it has right. to be worth your time uh, because you're going to have to, you know, incur expenses to grow it. So you're going to need that money in working capital. And the nice thing is about buying a business is um, you get the loan for the business. And oftentimes, if it's below $5 million, if you're working with the SBA, you can apply for working capital. So this working capital can be used to retroactively pay for all the costs incurred for the acquisition of the business. So like your attorney fees, your accountant fees, like your appraisals, all that kind of stuff. Once you close, you can pay yourself back from that. So it's just kind of like Robin Peter to pay Paul until it closes. Um, yep. Traditional loans for these um, larger, small businesses or larger businesses, they're typically going to want like 30 to 40% down. Same parameters with the working capital kind of stuff like that. But it's definitely way cheaper with the small business uh, administration loans. And I assume the interest rates are something like, uh, you know, what, four or 5% or something like that. Well, the I mean, depends what podcast goes out, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Going up like crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, in the, in the course of our contract, I think the interest rate went up like a point and a half, maybe. Are they comparable to like uh, commercial real estate uh, interest rates? I'm just curious, like, you yeah. Know. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it was whatever base was, whatever market rate was, plus like two point one, two, five percent or something like that. Yeah. Okay, hey, man. And then this is this is awesome, dude. Like, this yeah, is like, I, got so I, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> anything. I don't really know much about the SBA loan um, about like using that. So it's it's awesome to see that you're not, I mean, you've gained so much knowledge. I mean, you said you started what five years ago, 2016, you started real estate. But I, I'm, I don't I think you said you started really considering the business aspect. What, maybe a year, year, year and a half ago or something like that. Remember, remember I bought that business buying course and started watching that uh, undercover billionaire. And yeah, man. So I can talk to to learn about it. So I mean, that's, it's just it's just wild that you you've consumed that much information. You've already taken action on it and, and has progressed so far. Even though you haven't closed yet, I'm sure it's gonna I'm sure it's gonna skyrocket and do well, man. So um, I I just really like the information. Um, so and that's what yeah. I want to encourage everybody with because there's no you know when I was coming up trying to learn about real estate and getting started, like sure there are blueprints out there, but literally it's you make your own path. I've done everything that there is to do in real estate. Like there was no, you know, Hey, you got to wait 10 years to buy an apartment complex. Like I bought an apartment complex, like three years in investing in real estate, you know, like it, it's, it's all about how can you fill your mind? So what productive information can you put in there that are going to create good thoughts? And then those thoughts are going to create those habits and actions. And then those create your environment. So if you're always thinking about like, man, I've always thought about being into real estate or business, but you know, I'd, Hey, Quit that. Think about, hey, what's a successful real estate guy think about? What is going on in his mind? Consume that type of stuff with books or mentors. And then once you start getting that thought process, you're going to start acting the way that they should be acting, right? So, hey, who, who's doing deals? Do I need to meet people? Yeah, like those things start clicking. And then next thing you know, like you're buying deals, you're leveraging your network, like boom, you're creating an environment to where now it's just like a big flywheel of like you helping people out, them helping you out. And if you're just genuine about like, who you are and how to help people. Like it all comes back and it's just the quickest way to grow. I feel like. Absolutely. I love that. And that's actually a perfect segue to plug your book, man. So oh, tell yeah. us about the book, man. Tell us, tell us like what kind of content is in it um, and where people can find it. Break rank. Sure. So uh, kind of like the cover, man, we did a kind of operator theme, Benjamin Franklin, break rank, make bank. It's uh, your bulletproof guide and using your military benefits to earn real money. And the way it got started out was I was just like, I'm a nerd. So when I was getting into real estate, I kept a Google sheet of like everything I learned so that the next time I went to do something, I could just reference back. So like the first property I bought, there was like so confusing and overwhelming to look at the sales contract. And I remember all the questions I asked my uh, real estate agent. I was like, hey, man, like what do all these things mean? Like, am I going to get screwed? Like whatever. 
all the questions that he answered, boom, I put it down in my Google Drive. And then, you know, as I come across the lender and what they want from me, I put it in my Google Drive. So the next time I applied for a loan for a house, I looked at that Google Drive. It's like, hey, here are the documents that your lender wants. Boom. In my first email, she's getting all my documents. You know what I'm saying? So just trying to be as efficient as I can. So my buddies started, you know, following me on my journey. And, you know, when you, uh, I was working on Wall Street um, before I joined SF. So I was used to making, you know, six figures and I come down living on our den street, making like, I don't know, 1700 bucks a month. And I was like, how do people do this? Like, this is ridiculous. So I was like, there's gotta be a better way. So I kept reading and I kept investing and uh, my buddies were just following me because at the time I only had like one property or two, pro I had two properties at the time. And uh, next thing you know, a couple years later, like it's all blown up. And I had an Instagram page, like kind of showing my journey. And I think that was important because it helped build credibility because people are seeing you on your journey. And now once you've reached a certain point, you've established trust because like, you know, the psychological principles, right? Of people having just eyeballs on you and watching you do things, the more times they see it, the more they trust it, whether or not I'm making it all up, right? Like they'll never know, but they just inherently trust because I'm always open to talk about it. So they started asking questions. Those questions turned into like phone calls and emails. And I was in Somalia for my most recent deployment. And, you know, you can only do so much working out twice a day. I was like, all right, there's gotta be something I can do. And I was always talking to people about this stuff. I was like, let me just see what happens. I start, maybe I'll make like a little ebook. And then it grew legs. And uh, someone told me like, they thought it was really good and it helped him. And uh, he started getting some properties because he read my book. And it was, it was like, I, I'm not, I wanted to make a goal. Can you read this knowing nothing? And step-by-step, step, get in there, get your first property, and then grow and scale and build your empire just from reading this book. And it turns out like the answer is yes, because like multiple people now have like read the manuscript, they've read the real one, and like they've made their first acquisitions or they've made a couple moves now. And it's like really encouraging to see because at the end of the day, I just wrote it to help people. And I was like, well, you know, I wonder how much you guys make if you sell books. And I guess it's like $2 and 95 cents. So you're not going to selling books, but if it can help people, like that's where it's at, you know, and it gives you some credibility in the space to like connect with people. So that's it. I kind of walk everyone through like, Hey, if you're a veteran, here's what the VA loan is. Here's Navy fed loan. Here's how they are advantageous towards you. But the rest of the book is cut and dry real estate principles. It's like, Hey, yeah, I'll reference some military things like, hey, here's how you want to train your tenants. Here's how you want to find a good property manager. Here's what you should keep in mind as you're growing and scaling. Here's how to analyze a deal. You know, like I walk them through step by step, soup to nuts. And then I think a really cool thing about my book uh, compared to a lot of other books I've read is the forward. Um, and it kind of, kind of meshes in with the title, Break Rank, Make Bank. So it's really just trying to give people a mindset shift of like, hey, we talked about it earlier. Your thoughts create actions, your actions create your environment. This one kind of has like the four pillars of self-worth, we call it, right? It's you want to um, identify your strengths to leverage them, eliminate any weakness in your mind, eradicate self-doubt and eliminate distraction. So if you can just make that a constant feedback loop of what are you good at, build on it. What are you weak on? Cut it out or build on it. Are you feeling doubtful about something? Why? And then cover down on it. And then what are you doing to distract yourself from being your highest and best self? And a lot of people, if you look at your day and do an introspective analysis, you're going to waste a lot of time, you know, Instagram, whatever it may be, just doing nothing for the sake of doing nothing. I think that's a difference. I'm not a sit still kind of guy. And I think I've just used that momentum to carry me through. Um, so I think, I don't know, I recorded the audible too. That was also a unique experience. My voice sounds better than it does right now. Cause you know, I wasn't traveling, man, but, uh, yeah. So if anyone wants to find it, it's ebook audible and uh, paperback on Amazon and any other, I think it's coming to PX here soon, actually, too, is what the publisher said. Nice. Woo! Nice. Nice, man. Break, break rank, make bank, man. I love it. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> nice, dude. That's excellent. So, where do you find all the time to do all this stuff, man? Like you, you talk about, you're an author, you got the, you, you know, you got the uh, real estate here. You got the, you know, obviously doing the SF, doing appointments. I mean, what, what's your, what's your day-to-day -day schedule looking like and how can you, um, what would you recommend others to do um, to, to maximize their time? Yeah. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, when I used to work in sales, right. You'd say you could put everybody into a quadrant of four different personality types. How do you handle stress, high pressure or low pressure operator, right? When there's a lot to do, you get that done and more, or if there's nothing to do, you don't get anything done. I'm a high pressure operator. If there's nothing on my table, I, 
I'll get negative stuff done, you know? So I got to have a lot on my plate to do a lot. Um, so pretty much I've found personally is just like get a good routine, like wake up early in the morning um, and get most of your stuff done before the day starts, specifically your workout. There's nothing worse than like getting your day started without a workout. And then like it gets away from you and, you know, here it is 10 o'clock and you're like, crap, I didn't work out and now I need to get good sleep. But the big thing is the fundamentals. So you're sleeping good, eating good, getting good exercise is going to give you more capacity in your day to not only make better decisions, but have more longevity throughout the day. So if you can just take care of those three big things, the rest of the day just comes into pieces and just be decisive in everything you do. So, you know, have good organization of like what's going on, what's going to happen, what decisions need to be made and just be ready to make them and go. It's killing it, man absolutely crushing it dude so i absolutely love to see it man um if you had any like one piece of advice for any of our service members out there right uh that's trying to i guess kind of replicate you know what you what you're doing or they might have some self-doubt or whatever what would that one piece of advice be man the craziest thing the craziest concept i ever learned was if anything couldn't be learned it could be understood so if someone has learned anything anybody can learn that it's just about how quickly they're going to be able to learn it. So like, I didn't come up with any kind of, you know, craziness. Like my mom was a waitress. My dad was a plumber. I was the first one in my family to go to college. There was never conversations about money, never conversations about business. I never really saw any money. So I just wanted to read books and figure it out. I'm like, how am I going to be a multimillionaire, you know, by the time I'm in my thirties. And if people have written it in a book and you just take the time to find a mentor or read the book, like, that's all it takes is being able to understand it and then action it. And I think 95% of the people don't action things. And that's really what I'm trying to help people do is get up off that chair and go start walking and moving. Cause once you start getting that momentum, I think money grows legs or anything in life grows legs. It's just the velocity of things. So if you're going in one direction, like people see you making moves, like moves are going to just start coming to you. But if you never made that first move, nothing's working for you. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. I love it, bro. I love it, man. I got I've got like eight pages of notes. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this, man. I love I really do. And we appreciate you coming on and sharing this content. So for all of our audience members, go get the book, man. You know, we're we're avid readers here as well. You always have to be absorbing more information. And if we can sit here and say that I honestly have learned a lot just from this brief interview. It's worth checking out the book, guys. Definitely. Yeah, man. It's been great talking to you guys. I love talking about this kind of stuff. That's why I could just go on all day about it. <laughs> Where can our audience uh, find out more about you? I know you got the, the Cashville Commando back behind you, the CFC. Can you? Uh, yeah, so that's kind of like the there. umbrella thing for uh, what I'm trying to get going here with helping guys is the Cashflow Commando. You can find me at the webpage, cashflowcommando.com, and I'm on all the social medias as the Cashflow Commando. So, as these things grow and these lessons, you know, uh, get learned uh, in business, there's going to be more content coming out for these guys uh, for veteran benefits and veteran, you know, lessons learned from your duty and how to be a good owner operator or a businessman kind of stuff like that. So, yeah, reach out to me. Um, I'm also like just down to help people. So hit my email, hit me in the DMs, whatever you got questions, more than happy to talk. Yeah, definitely do. Like definitely at some point, uh, we'll have to definitely talk more about the, uh, the SBA, uh, definitely sure. do a, a recap with you for sure. Bring you back maybe, I don't know, a year later or something like that. See how the business is going and, and how that process has gone after you've closed and everything. I'm, I'm super excited about that. I'm really, really excited about that. See what that looks like. Yeah, man. It'd be great. Yeah. Hopefully you guys are in on a couple with me by then. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. Mike, you got anything? No, man. No, I'm good. We can wrap it up. All right, man. With that said, uh, this is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glaspie. Signing off.